For all you visitors, I'll not start calling names because I'd leave somebody out, but if you're visiting with us this morning, we greet you in the name of the Lord, and we'll treat you so many, pl- so many ways you'll have to like some of them. I hope and pray that it'll be a blessing to you this morning. We, we are here today to present Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And uh, the lead song this morning said, Saved by the Crucified One. And, uh, and, and, and that's true. If you're saved, you're saved by the Crucified One. And our lesson this morning wants to be about the crucifixion. So uh, you might be turning your Bible, hope you got a Bible, to John chapter 19. And... Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll consider that, our lesson this morning, and hope and pray that the Lord's been good to you. And uh, uh, you know, if you're still breathing, God's been good to you. Because there's some people that was here last week on the earth that's not here this week. Some of them plan to be here, but they're not here. And so I say that not to... Uh, make you sad, but I say that because it's reality. <clears throat> and people do that. And so we appreciate you being here this morning. Hope and pray the Lord will bless us. I hope that I can hide behind the cross and not, uh, and not uh, present me to you, but present the Lord to you. I can't help you. I can't help you physically. I can't help you spiritually. Uh, but the Lord can. And, uh, and, 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 and the Lord wants to help. But uh, as uh, Brother Chris alluded to, we have got to be persistent when we search for God. This stuff, well, I went to the altar once and I didn't get it, so God must be through with me. Well, I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. The Lord is a, the Lord is so good, He usually gives people more than one chance. Now I'm not, He don't, He don't ask me for advice, so I don't know that. But the Lord is holy, holy, holy. And me and you're not. So we have to approach him like that. So I want to get into the lesson this morning, John chapter 19. And if my memory serves me correctly, we got down to chapter 23. Now this is after Jesus had appeared before Pilate and, uh, and Pilate has, has uh, said, I find no fault in this man. And, uh, but the Jews cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Now let me say, crucifixion is a very cruel way to carry out capital punishment. And I sometimes wonder when I ponder on God's word that God in his foreknowledge let his son come to the earth and be born during the Roman government's uh, control 
of, of the land of Israel. Now God knew that Jesus Christ was going to die on Calvary because it was, uh, it was agreed to by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, that Jesus Christ would die for sinners. He died for sinners. His, his crucifixion was determined by God, but it was also the only way that God could save me and you by seeing the death of his son. So we're talking about that this morning. We're talking about what it meant for God to deliver his son to be crucified. Now I know that it happened in human events. I know that. But if you let me go to chapter 2 of Acts, Peter said, God, by the determinate will, uh, uh, delivered, I'm paraphrasing, delivered his son for death. But Peter said, you have taken him with wicked hands and delivered him. So that's what we got under consideration this morning. All right? Okay, verse 23. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, verse 23. Then the soldiers, when they, had, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. And they, they said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. So this was prophesied. Now, I got news for some of you. Jesus Christ was absolutely stripped of all his clothes and he was crucified with no clothes on. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, it said right here, that was his coat and, and, and they took the rest of his clothes off when they crucified him. And, and, and you say, well, that is shame. That's very much shameful. We don't even do that in Oklahoma when we crucify people. We don't crucify them naked. I know, but he was crucified that way for us. He bore the shame of Calvary's cross. Not only did he bear it, but he bore it with no clothes. Because they did that, as wicked people to show shame and reproach upon him, yet he bore it. And you say, Mr. Pollard, why did he bore it? Why did he bear it? I'm glad you asked. He bore it for me and you. See, he wanted, God wanted you to be saved so badly that he offered his son in a very 
degrading way so that people in, in, in 2024 could understand that. See, most people don't understand. You know, they, 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 think, that, they think that all there are to Jesus' crucifixion is an Easter message. Well, that's not, you know, Easter's not about little rabbits laying eggs. Easter's about the death of Christ, and that's what we're reading about here. And I want you to understand that he bore it all. He bore it all for me and you. You say, well, why did he die? Because, and I go to one of my famous uh, scriptures, they're all famous, but one that I know pretty well is Isaiah 53, that God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Right. See, one man said, I'm a pretty good feller. I think I'll make it to heaven. If my good deeds outweigh my bad, I'll be all right. But that's not in the Bible. That's what people say. God did not say that. God said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means me and my folks and you and your folks. That's who that means. In other words, God says in his Bible that me and you are sinners by nature. See, and I say this often, so you church folks forgive me, I won't say it again. Don't have to teach a young kid to steal. You have to teach them not to steal. You don't have to teach a young child to lie. You have to teach them not to lie. See, that's proof to, that's proof to me and you that we are born in sin. See, we're born in sin. And we got that from Adam. And, and, and we don't raise up and our little children say, uh, you know, and, and from the youth up, say, I want to do right. I want to go to church. I, I, I want to behave at Walmart. I want to do all that stuff. Now, I'm not getting on, on you about your kids. I'm just trying to show you that's our nature. It was my nature. And it was your nature. So we're talking about Jesus being crucified. So let me go on here. Uh, verse 25. Uh, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, uh, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her unto his own house. Now if we read that, if we read that correctly, Jesus is asking the apostle John, the disciple John, to take care of Jesus' mother, which was a custom that they had in the Jewish land. They took care of each other. They did not have welfare as we have it today. All right? And uh, 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 he took her to his own house. After this, Jesus, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon a uh, hyssop and put it to his mouth. 
When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed and gave up the ghost. In other words, his spirit was removed from him, from this earth. Now I want as a reference, I want to go read this from Luke chapter 23. So follow me over to Luke chapter 23 because Luke gives a little more detail on what happened here. Luke chapter 23, let's look at verse 32. Luke chapter 23, verse 32. Verse 32. That's going to be the same story, but I wanted to give you this because we got a few more details. In Luke chapter 23, verse 32. And there there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And and they parted his raiment and cast lots. We've already, but I want to dwell just a minute on, on this verse. Father, Forgive them, they know not what they do. Now, if you read that in the context, and most people says that means Jesus is praying for Pilate and he's praying for the Jews that delivered him, and he is. But you know what? He's praying for me and you too. He's praying for me and you too. You say, well, Mr. Pollard, I didn't have anything to do with his death. Uh, uh, I wasn't there. If I'd have been there, I wouldn't have crucified him. Wait a minute, I've already quoted you. Isaiah 53, or God put all of our iniquities upon him. That's a judicial act. God did it. My sins helped kill him, and your sins helped kill him. That's what the Bible says. Some of you looking kind of funny. But that's what the Bible said, see? But, but wait a minute. See, you said, well, that don't make me feel too good. You accusing me of helping kill Jesus. Well, wait a minute, but I got good news. He prayed for me and prayed for you right there that God the Father would forgive us. See, and can I say this to you as your friend? We are guilty in sin. I was guilty. But Jesus right there prayed to God the Father that he would forgive me and you. Now, it's already been stated. He will forgive you, but you got to be involved. You can't just sit on the seat and say, well, Jesus died for me. I guess I'm okay. No. The Bible says, come unto me, all you that are uh, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest to your soul. Now, in our dispensation, when you sit under the gospel, Brother Bell's preaching, any other preacher's preaching, the Holy Ghost will let you know that you're not right with God. See, I couldn't let you know that. I can just tell you the words. The Bible says, you know, that we're born in sin, 
came forth from mother's womb speaking lies. And little children, you know, you, you put them in the crib and go to the other room, and they go to woo-hoo and boo-hoo and screaming, you run in there and pick them up, and they just quit crying. Wasn't nothing wrong, they just wanted attention. See, I'm not, and I'm not getting on you babies, they're, they're, they're wonderful and we like them. But I'm just telling you what the Bible says. See? But, but, but what that does for us, we have, to, we have to come to the realization that we're sinners. Now this stuff, and I, and I want to address it. I'm a pretty good person. I believe God will let me in. Don't you go to eternity with that thought. God is a good God. But that's not all God is. He's holy. Man mentioned that this morning. And, and sometime in your life, as a sinner, you will have to plead guilty. That's what it takes. And like Brother Chris said, well, I pled guilty once and I didn't get nothing. Be persistent. Be persistent. I'm glad he read that parable. It's, I mean, that happening this morning. It wasn't a parable. It really happened. Amen. See, be persistent. See, don't accuse God of being, of being bad because God is good. God is so good for me and you, he sent his son to die for us. See, think about it. Think about you losing a son. How does that feel? Well, God lost his son on account of me and you. But, 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 right here, as he was dying, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And they didn't know what they were doing. Corinthians said if they'd have known he was the son of glory, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know it. And that's what people are today. They don't know he's the son of God. They don't know he's the Savior. They think he was just a good man. But the Bible states, another one of my verses that I quote sometimes, Neither is there salvation in any other. See, for there's none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. That's found in Acts chapter 4 verse 12. What did that verse say? What did that verse say? Huh? There's no other way that you and I can get our sins forgiven except through Jesus Christ. And how do you come to him? You come to him like the lady that Brother Chris read about. Oh God, I got a need. Oh God, I got a need. And it may be he answers you not a word. Yeah, but don't quit. Don't quit, see? He said, all that cometh unto me, 
I will in no wise cast out. You see what I mean? We have to come to him. Sometimes we come to him and, we, and our pride is in our way. Well, Jesus, I want you, but me, I want me and you to be buddies. Jesus is not your buddy. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You got to remember that. See, and, and the main thing, when somebody's seeking God, can I say this to you? Give you some, give you some friendly advice. You got to be serious about it. The old preachers used to say you got to be graveyard serious. A lot of people run up the aisle, you know, and they, well, I'm here, and I need to get, I need to get saved, but I, but I can't. Wait a minute. Believe in Him. See, he again, brother Chris mentioned this verse: "He that cometh to God must believe that He is." You're already there, but that's not the end of the verse. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, can I say this to you as a friend? You can't just kind of seek Jesus and get it. You won't get it, just kind of seeking him. You got to seek him with all your heart. For with the heart man believeth unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made. See, you confess to God. You don't confess to me. You don't confess to some uh, papa dressed up like a mama. You confess to God. Well, Mr. Potter, what do I confess? Well, what's your problem? What's your problem? Are you a sinner? One man said, well, I didn't sin too much. Well, you're not, you're not ready to get saved then. See, you got to be the sinner. Okay, so he prayed for us on Calvary's cross, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. The next verse, 35. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, quoting, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Here's another fault. People want their fleshly will saved. I'm in debt. Help me, and God will help you. Uh, if you approach him right, I know that. But we ask for things other than salvation. The most important thing that God will ever give you is salvation, everlasting life. How much would you give for an everlasting life? Huh? We have a hospital visit, and we'll all go to the hospital, try to get well, and I do it, and you do it, and that's okay. But, but them doctors if they're successful, can only give temporary life. 
They can't give everlasting life. But the great physician can give everlasting life. Like Paul told Timothy, that he hath abolished death. Is that good news to you? Is that good news? Christ abolishes death. Don't mean you don't die in your flesh. mean you won't die the second death. And that's the one you need to fear. The second death. Because that's the one where you're cast out forever and ever and ever. And the Bible says that the smoke of their torments arose forever and ever. And the Bible says they were tormented day and night forever. That's the one you want to miss. That's the one I'm talking about this morning. All right? So if we, we read on here, uh, one of the malefactors was hanged, rather on him, say, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, Lord, have you made him Lord of your life? Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now he's on the cross dying, so what's he talking about? He's talking about over yonder. Can I say to you, how's your uh, statue of over yonder? How is it with you? See, this man believed in a hereafter. He believed it was coming. He said, he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest to thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Wasn't that simple? Wasn't that simple? One man said, I want to get saved what I say. God reads heart language. You don't make God a speech. God's not looking for a, 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 an educated speech. He's looking for a broken heart. Why should my heart be broken, you say? Because you are a sinner if you're say, not saved. See, if you've been born again, your heart was broken at one time before God. And you like this man on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he is coming with another kingdom. Amen. Are you going to be in it? I can't pronounce you in it. you got to get saved to get in it. Saved from what? Saved from the wrath of God. And it was about the sixth hour. And there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. God darkened out the universe for three hours while Jesus Christ was paying my sin debt and your sin debt. God made his soul an offering for sin. And God accepted that. 
and God, according to the new covenant, I will write my laws in their heart and their mind, and they shall know me from the least to the greatest, and I will remember their sins and iniquities no more. That's found in Hebrews three times. Once in chapter 8, again in chapter 10. It was so important, the writer of Hebrews repeated it. And I say this pretty often, forgive me, but I want to say it again, I feel led. You got anything in your background you'd like for God to forget before you go to judgment? I did. But God forgot it. And I'm trying to. See what I mean? That's the way God treats people that get saved. He forgets your past. It's from his mind. It's from his mind. You take a saved person, uh, Brother Bell, if you could go into heaven and say, I want to check the record of Doug Bell, and if God would let you, you go in there and say, he, he don't have anything wrong with him. Now, I'm not talking about his flesh. I'm talking about the inward man that will appear before God. That inside, the, the Bible calls it the soul of man. We used to sing an old song, where the soul never dies. And that, is a true, that is a true saying. The soul is going to live somewhere forever. What is the soul? Well, have you been to a funeral? Yeah. You see that corpse up there in that? Yeah. Well, a part of him or her that's not there. The soul has gone on to be with God somewhere. Our soul is going to to exist forever somewhere. And God's only got two places. He's got eternity in heaven. The millennial reign, after that the new Jerusalem comes down for saved people. Then he's got another place that he didn't prepare for man. He prepared for the devil and his angels. But that's where you're going. That's because, not because I'm hollering at you, but because our sins, our, the Bible says your sins have separated you from God. See, and when you go to get saved, and I hope you will, the first thing God's going to deal with you about is your sin. Now, he probably won't deal with them one by one. So I tell people, put them all in a bag and bring them to Jesus and say, here they are. Take them away from me. Because you don't have time to mention them all. Just put them all in a bag and say, here they are, Lord. I can't handle them. I am a sinner. Please save me. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. I read that. Forgive me. Next verse. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit, and having thus said, he gave up the ghost. In other words, his, he gave up being a live person on earth. He gave that up. Receive my spirit. 
Now, can I ask you a question this morning? As your friend, I don't want to, I don't want to insult you. But when you die, where's your spirit going? Huh? Good question. You need to ask. See, this morning, I presume Brother Bell's going to preach. have no idea what he's going to preach on. He don't consult me at all about what he preaches on. He consults God what he preaches on, and I like that. But today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. Did you get that? That's in the Bible. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. When you turn down the Lord, your heart grows a little harder. Could I say, about, could I say something about that? There was a man in the Bible called Pharaoh. He was king of Egypt. And when Moses went to him and said, let my people go, the Bible says he hardened his heart. Moses went back in and said, let let Israel go. And the Bible says he hardened his heart. And he went back in and said, let Israel go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. And you know after that what it said? It says, God hardened his heart. You don't want to go there. You want to wait till God hardens your heart. Because, you know, it's commonly preached, you just get saved when you want to. That's not true. That's not true. You get saved when you have a calling right in here. And if you put that off sometimes, and the Bible teaches, God quits people. You don't want to put that off till God quits you. And I don't know when it is. The Bible don't tell me. See? But I know, I know that he said this in the book of Hebrews that Esau sought repentance carefully with tears and never found it. Does that make sense? God does that. See? And so today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. I am completely out of time. Thank you for listening to me. As your friend, I just want to tell you, if you're lost, you need Christ. He's the only one. He's the only one. And I praise God that God forgives sins. And God forgives sins forever. If you get your sins forgiven, they'll never come up before God anymore. That good? What, what, what better message could God give us in His Bible? Now, you've got to take salvation as a gift. Most people, when you talk about you want to get saved, well, what, what I got to do? What I, in other words, do I give the Red Cross $100? No. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You've got to take it as a gift. You can't pay God for it. God's already paid for your sins. But that man I talked about this morning in my Sunday school lesson, see, he's already paid for them. 
But you got to come get it. You got to come get it. Thank you for listening to me. I appreciate you being here this morning. Hope and pray God will bless you is my, is my prayer for you.